Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's uh, going well. I'm feeling very patriotic this week, Amy. Is it weird for you that it was in the middle of the week? It is. It has messed up my week. Uh, co-worker David Grant tweeted out something earlier this week that I thought was very appropriate. He's like, this week, Sunday, Monday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, that's exactly how it felt. I kept, on Wednesday, I kept feeling like I needed to prepare myself to go to worship the next day. Yes. Because it just felt like a Saturday. Well, and Beth was like, it feels like I should be at church tomorrow, you know, for yeah. things. So it, it, it did feel a little bit strange. Yeah. Um, so did you, uh, did you have a good time with your family? I did. We, we kind of hung out at the house, didn't really do a whole lot. We had a little thing in the neighborhood and that's about it. But, um, we, we had a good time and I'm, I'm guessing that you, uh, kept on your tradition of reading the Declaration of Independence to your family on the 4th. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you, I actually gave my kids a break this year. What? And so everything I I know is a lie. I know it. Well, so they're in a drama camp this week and, and preparing for a play. So they were focused in all day long working on that. They were tired. We were going over to some friend's house uh, to do fireworks, things like that. And the last few years, that activity has been a little bit of a challenge for them as they've moved into the middle school years. So I'm trying to recognize that. And so I did have recordings of it playing and I did discuss it some but the whole like making them sit down for eight minutes, I decided to just give them a little bit of a breather this year, let them focus on their play. Um, but I was all about the Declaration of Independence personally. Okay. Well, I saw we tweeted it out, had some plays on that. So uh, yeah. you used Amy at your house. That's awesome. Uh, I, I listened to it here at the house. Uh, the NPR one was really neat. Um, yeah, all the different cool. voices. Yeah. I, yep. I tweeted that, and I also tweeted one from the JFK Library that is a reading. Uh, it's a recording of John F. Kennedy reading the Declaration of Independence, and uh, that was a really neat one to listen to as well. Yes, it was, and uh, it was it was good to see that uh, this week. A, a very patriotic display from across the land, and I uh, saw a lot of watched a lot of fireworks, watched the Capitol Fourth, and it just had a good time. It was a nice week, kind of a slow week again here in the SBC. We'll get to that news here in just a second, but before we do want to thank our sponsors at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary located in Louisville, Kentucky. They're committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. Crack the new book open this week, Amy, the Greg Wills 150-year history of Southern Seminary. I uh, started reading that. Oh, Fascinating yes. Fascinating start. It was a yeah. fascinating, fascinating read. I, I just started it just a day or two ago, and uh, just I, I'm really yeah, looking forward to finishing that. Good stuff. All righty. Um, well, let's jump into the news this week. Uh, a former Southern Seminary trustee is kind of in the news this week. Uh, Scott Pruitt has resigned as the head of the Environmental Protection Agency. He's uh, been kind of embroiled in some ethics issues uh, up there in D.C. and uh, has stepped down and resigned his post as the head of the EPA. Yeah, a lot of controversy surrounding him for the last, uh, well, for quite a while now, but I guess the last several weeks it's been sort of uh, ramping up the discussion um, about him. And uh, just a lot of different questions on some of the choices he he had made in office. The news kind of indicated some about spending habits and use of uh, 
employees to to handle certain things, management yeah. well, decisions, things like that. Amy, who among us has not had a $43,000 soundproof phone booth installed in their office? I mean, I thought everybody had one of those. I have not, oh. but... Okay. Maybe you have. Maybe <laughs> no. you want to con- maybe you want to confirm right now that that was not I uh, don't think so. <laughs> that that was not correct. I don't even have a yeah. phone. Seriously, my new office at Lifeway, we don't even have a phone. It's all over VoIP and um yeah. you know, we don't even have phones, let alone phone booths. So, and this is this is news uh, to us because as uh we've talked about before, he was the highest ranking Southern Baptist in the federal government. Uh, and we even had him on our list, the list that I did of the uh, most fascinating Southern Baptists of 2017, a list that had a whole lot of folks from Oklahoma on it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I still stand by that that choice because he was very fascinating. And as news has continued, uh, continues to be uh, sort of a fascinating story. Obviously, there have been substantive uh, discussions about his position on things, the the deregulation of a lot of um, of a lot of things that had been put into place uh, dealing with environmental policies. That's more of a you know policy discussion. The the things that have really been swirling around him had to just do with personal ethics in in the office, and uh, a lot of inquiries were going on. And as it just kind of continued, he ultimately you know submitted his his resignation. Um, this has been the big talk in the national news this week. Uh, but is one is something that does kind of hit home because it is it's a it's a Southern Baptist and it's someone who was not just a member of a Southern Baptist church, but has been involved in denominational life as a trustee. Yeah, I expect this news to kind of pass in a couple of days and then there'll be bigger news out of D.C. with the uh, an anticipated announcement of the yes. Supreme Court selection. Uh, the nominee for that uh, coming, I, I think, next week is we're scheduled to hear that. Yes, uh, I, I think everyone's kind of waiting uh, for that for that news. And so this will kind of move on. But it was something that we wanted to come back and follow up on because we covered uh, Scott Pruitt, I think, when he was nominated yep. to the mm-hmm. post. And then we covered him uh, last year in sort of a, the year in review. And so now as his time in Washington comes to an end, uh, we wanted to cover it this week as well. Uh, he was formerly the Attorney General of the state of Oklahoma, so at this stage, I don't really know what uh, is next for him, but I'm sure uh, that we will see. Yep, we will. So we'll follow that along and see where he lands. But Amy, we've got some good news here. It's the first of the month. You know what that means. CP. Yeah, we are 3.74% above the year-to-date budget projection. Right now, giving is at $149 million dollars. Uh, which is about $5.39 million above the $144 million year-to-date budgeted amount. Uh, so we're good. We're just barely under the amount from last year, uh, just $800,000 under the $150 million and change uh, that was given last year. But you do remember, Amy, this month last year had a $3.1 million gift from the Florida Baptist Convention that kind of boosted That's it right. up. So we had That's a right. huge month last year in June. We don't have that $3.1 million uh, gift from the Florida Baptist Convention. They didn't sell another building this year. So right. they, they didn't have any more to sell. So we don't have that this year. But at the same time, it, it's good to know that we're kind of right on pace even without that gift from last year. So it, it's good to see the CP giving is up. And also designated giving for the same period of uh, year to date is up 2.45 percent 
So Lottie and Annie seem to be up as well. Very good. So this is a direction we want to just continue uh, continue moving in, especially as we get to the end of the budget year. I'll be uh, interested to see where we are uh, beginning of the fall. Yes, it is. Uh, or yes, it will be. And I know as a CP-supported entity, uh, you and all your colleagues at Southeastern appreciate the uh, gifts of churches and Southern Baptists from around the country. Absolutely. Also, Amy, uh, at another sister seminary last week, Southwestern had a letter surface from some donors. Tell us about that. Give us kind of the update on that. Yeah. So essentially, this was a letter, seven pages. It was addressed to uh, the chairman of the board at Southwestern, Kevin Eckert, and the executive committee. So this is the group that when we were at uh, the SBC in Dallas, it had come to the floor for their removal. The messengers uh, opted not to go in that direction. Um, and so this is a letter that was addressed to those, uh, those individuals. And it was from a number of donors to Southwestern who essentially laid out, I'll, I'll just say in very strong language that they did not agree, um, with the executive committee at any stage and, uh, just laid out all of their reasons, um, and, and really made some pretty strong charges. Uh, against those folks, we will we'll put some links in the show notes so that you know if you if anyone out there hasn't seen it yet, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, but if they haven't, they can can check that out. Uh, and then at the end, uh, these donors sort of lay out a process for investigation and review that they would like to see, and indicated that if it didn't go that way, that they would cease uh, any of their gifts in the future. Now, uh, a couple of things. One is, even though the messengers did not choose to remove any trustees from the board, uh, there was a motion that asked the full board to revisit this whole thing in the fall, and that has been referred to Southwestern. So the idea of revisiting or the idea of working through this, um, which I believe was actually a normal part of their process anyway, when the executive committee does something, then there's, you know, at the next full board meeting, there's uh, yeah, some usually you discussion review that. of it. Yeah. Right. So I think that was going to happen anyway. Then the messengers uh, sort of reinforced that. So, um, so this, this whole issue wasn't over anyway. The, it will be covered in the upcoming board meeting. Yeah. Um, but the donors, they laid out something where it was an investigation that they would like to see happen in a certain way where they choose people, uh, to participate in it, which, uh, this is something I would say is pretty unprecedented. We've never had anything like that. And, is separate from our normal processes. Yeah, so we've I mean, got, we have the trustee process in place right. for a reason. And right. this investigative committee they are proposing seems to uh, circumvent that. And, right. and it's not just Southern Baptist, uh, you know, polity that it would be circumventing, but also you got to ask about ATS accreditation if you have donors you know, doing that, like what, what would accrediting agencies think about that? Right. And I mean, I would assume accrediting agencies would not, uh, have anything to think about it unless uh, the institution acts in a certain way. So it yeah. just depends on how they would respond. Um, and so it, ultimately, these donors indicated that if the investigative process isn't handled in this way, then they will not give in the future. Uh, of course, that is their that is their right. That's their prerogative. As with any charitable giving, uh, you always have the opportunity to choose where your dollars are going to go. And um, we have, uh, we, you know, we we have 
donors that choose to give at certain times and then they don't give uh, for reasons, perhaps they're, you know, personal financial reasons or, you know, what, whatever. So everyone always has that choice um, each year in front of them. And uh, they are free to do that as they like. But of course, this was a definitely an unprecedented thing where they were asking for something um, and kind of making the connection of their donations to that. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't remember a time when we've seen anything like this before. Uh, there's been no response uh, from the institution or the trustees. I don't know that we will see a response uh, publicly. No. We'll see. But at this stage, I think we can assume... Um, unless otherwise uh, indicated by the trustees, I think we can assume that at this stage it's probably still following the normal processes. Yes, yeah, I would totally expect that. And uh, the trustees are scheduled to meet again in October uh, on their regular time frame, and so we we expect to hear more about this situation, not just the letter, but uh, the entire uh, board, you know, review from the uh, the motion at SPC at that time. Uh, I and you mentioned you know kind of unprecedented for uh, donors to be uh, offering a set of demands like this. Uh, I, I I wasn't you know fully in tune with SBC back whenever Dr. Moeller went to Southern or actually whenever Dr. Hempel went to uh, Southwestern after uh, Dr. Dilday was let go. I can't remember anything like this. I do know we had some stuff in '94 at the annual meeting about Southwestern. I mean we've seen that right. video, but I I don't remember donors at that time demanding different things. Now, it may, it might take some digging to look at that. And we've certainly had when institutions go in different directions or even when there are just just changes, you know, yeah. um or or for whatever reason that someone says I can't uh give my money anymore. For a single institution as far as actually, you know, these kind of gifts, you know, to institutions or entities. I don't know about times when we've seen it sort of stated out there. Here is how we would like things to go. And our gifts are dependent on that. Yeah. I'm not sure that we've seen that. We've had discussions. I mean, we've had, we obviously, there was a very public conversation a couple of years ago where Preston Wood, uh, with the cooperative program said they were escrowing, uh, their cooperative program funds and they were just kind of thinking, um, about what they were going to do. Even in that, uh, there wasn't a plan laid out that said, you know, here is, here is what it's dependent on. So that's the, the factor that seems a little unique in this situation. As that goes almost outside of the, the governance, uh, processes that we have as Southern Baptists, uh, we'll just, we'll have to see, uh, what materializes from this. Yeah. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that and uh, see if anything comes of this or if there is a response from the trustees. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're pretty much sitting in a holding pattern until October. So right. uh, there was a story in BP this week, not really news, but I just thought it was interesting because I, I knew that you would like it, Amy. Uh, missionaries, you should know there's a profile of George Lyle in yes. BP. I like it very much, not just because I like um, to read profiles of great missionaries or because I love discussions of George Lyle, uh, but uh, Leslie Hildreth wrote this. is a, a really good friend of, Scott's wife. of mine. Yeah, Scott Hildreth's wife. 
uh, here in Wake Forest. And so she's done some of these posts on missionaries you should know. Uh, very good. But George Lyle um, is is pretty phenomenal because, you know, William Carey is always called the father of the modern missionary movement. Uh, but George Lyle, who was a freed uh, slave from Georgia, uh, actually went to Jamaica and uh, planted churches, uh, really ev- did uh, evangelism that kind of affected the entire island uh, 10 years before William Carey left England. So he would have been kind of the first uh, real Baptist missionary. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a great story. We have at... Um, at the college at Southeastern, we have our house system where students are put in different houses and they compete with each other and they use it, you know, for discipleship, uh, working together on their uh, studies, uh, mentoring opportunities. And we have a Lyle house. So uh, it, it's uh, it's definitely someone that we uh, really appreciate here at Southeastern. All right. And not only did he go to Jamaica, Amy, but he right. sent out uh, people who had come to Christ under him as missionaries to get this. Nova Scotia. Yes. You know, that's one of my favorite places. Yes. And so, uh, so George Lyle had an impact that ultimately affected Nova Scotia. So yeah. all over the place. Looked uh, like really, a, really great article. Like a 50 year career as a missionary. I mean, like he died in 1828, but uh, kind of started out as a missionary in the, the late 1770s. So uh, just, just pretty amazing there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty incredible story. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the news this week. That's going to bring us to this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. So we're going to go to 1969 to a really interesting um, article that was happening in this first week of July. It was actually a follow up to something that had happened at the SBC in 1969. And I just found it very interesting. Uh, so it's actually from uh, where you are, uh, Jonathan, the Baptist Sunday School Board had spent a lot of time revamping training union. Do you have a history with training union, oh, yeah, totally. Jonathan? The church that okay. I had, I, uh, the church that I went to as a kid had training yes. union on Sunday nights right before church. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, uh, this is obviously something I don't have a history with because as a child, I wasn't, um, in a Southern Baptist church, although we did do something at my church that sounds kind of similar to, to training union. So I have a, maybe a sense of it. Uh, but anyway, it was a, a training program, uh, on Sunday evenings. And so they had spent months and months redesigning it. They bring it to, um, the SBC in New Orleans that year. And it was, uh, they like launched it. They kind of put it out there and they called it Quest. And when they did, uh, the messengers did not like it. They, they did not like the name. Yeah. And so Voted this whole it. thing, yeah. So they this whole thing it. happens, right. They rejected it. So this whole thing happens where uh, a messenger from Texas wants to consider the, the motion was we consider quest to be unsuitable as a name for the training program of Southern Baptists. Did they say and why then it was he, all it said was it didn't indicate opposition to changing the name. It just they didn't like the name that was done. And Man. in and in the minutes, it does not say why. So it gets referred to later consideration um, so you go, you go in the minutes. So I'm actually putting a link to the minutes. If people really want to dig down, you can go, you can open it up and you can search training union and you'll see it. Did so the messengers then, um, demand a committee made up of half of their choosing and half of the Sunday school boards choosing? 
to investigate it? No, no, they didn't. So okay. they he they bring it up. They make the the they they debated it. Like four people uh, debated it, including uh, Charles Lowry uh, was part of the debate. Um, doesn't say who had uh, what positions. Um, James Sullivan um, noted yep. that the correct name is Quest, the training program. Uh, but the vote was taken and the motion passed. So the motion to say, we don't like it, that passes. So then later, um, Wayne Dahoney from Kentucky moved for a reconsideration. Uh, they moved to reconsider and it, that lost. Wow. So they go, they go through all of this. Uh, and, it is very, very interesting process. There's a point in there where, uh, James Sullivan kind of discusses in the minutes what a, a problem, you know, it's kind of caused, but that didn't seem to be, you know, a, a, a concern. I mean, the messengers did not want to do this. So they didn't. Um, but later in this Baptist press article from July 3rd, there was an interview, it's very interesting, with uh, Philip Harris, Secretary of the Church Training Department. Said so they spent months um, redesigning the training program, and it tells all of his initial reactions. Uh, he he just responds to it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Ta- they talked about um, having, you know, why they held up the formal announcement um, that, uh, the reason was they wanted to develop supporting material so they could copyright the name. They didn't want other groups to infringe on it. They wanted to prepare a promotional campaign. But it looks like maybe, uh, based on the questions, uh, they talked about secrecy of the new name. That people thought that it was like trying to pull something over on the convention. Um, that they were trying to surprise them and just let it let it pass. And it, it's a you name know, change, people. A name I change. I know. I know. Goodness gracious! Um, right. So you know, there's all, all. It seems like maybe it was the process that bothered people. Um, but the interview is very interesting. No, he it was basically changed. says, That's what "Bothered the Baptists." I'm trying to be really positive here, Jonathan. You know what he they should have done, that, Amy? They what? should have put truth in front of it, and it would have been. You know, oh, I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to talk about Truth Quest. Yeah. I'm sorry, all Truth Quest participants. Uh, we've brought it up. I told again. you I had a great chat with uh, Chip Luter about that at SBC. Yes, you did. It's fantastic. Did. It, he it could was not believe I brought that up. It was like the first thing I meet yes. him for the first time. So tell me about Truth Quest, and he just like just dies laughing. So. That's fantastic. Anyway, continue. Um, so anyway, in this interview, he talks about how the name wasn't, you know, overnight, the whole revamp. They spent 18 months surveying Southern Baptists about training union and 84% said change the name. Yeah. So everybody or, or wanted a name change. says in the article, chance the name. But well, it's misprints are a lot tougher than you can't just go into the website and change it. So yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, they said everybody wanted a name, still wanted a name. They were going to do another survey, you know. Um, but I mean, I guess this was 1969. You said you participated in training union. It didn't change, did it? I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't it was, alive in 1969, Amy. Did you participate in training union? Then that uh, my question is: Did you participate in Quest or something else, or did you participate in training union? Oh, this was for the actual program, not just the 
I thought this was like the name of the publication or something. No, this is like renaming it. Oh, and so no, my point is, it was discipleship you, training at one point too. So that may have been what they yeah. changed it to. So my point is, I don't think they ever agreed on anything. Wow, like they didn't redo it. I do know so, it changed to discipleship training at some point. So maybe that's yeah. what it was. What it's changed to. So anyway, they it, it's it's an interesting interview, and it just reminds me that a lot of times when we have sort of. Uh, discussions on the floor where people are are really bothered about you know a change of something there is nothing new under the sun we've done this whether it was over renaming training union or you know anything else we go through all of these uh same processes but at the end what he said was um he said all that remains is to pick up and go on evidently we snagged a lemon along the way now we're going to make lemonade and so they were planning to continue with some of the revamping um but they were but they would uh keep the program intact but they would just phase out the name it was already printed and yeah. a few things but they would phase out the name all right so uh, so Man. check it out there was a interesting uh, post Annual meeting discussion this week in SBC history. Man, that's kind of cool. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is 12 Faithful Men, Portraits of Courageous Endurance and Pastoral Ministry. It's edited by Colin Hansen. He's uh, done several uh, books uh, over the past few years and uh, some pretty big books that I would say, you know, in our in our time. His uh, big one, uh, The Young, Restless, and Reformed, kind of a, a pivotal book in the the late 2000s, yeah. and uh, this one kind of highlights uh, people like Paul, the Apostle Paul, John Calvin, Charles Spurgeon, John Bunyan, and uh, a host of others. So uh, check that out. It's called 12 Faithful Men. Amy, your resource of the week is? Uh, it's a documentary that I went and saw this week. Oh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yes. So a documentary about Fred Rogers of uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which I watched as a child. And then also was uh, with your big children, one. Probably, yeah. Right, I was. It was reruns by the yeah. time my kids were born, but um, had those. I just I loved. I mean, every day when I was four years old, I was at my grandparents' house. My mom had already gone back uh, to the classroom as a teacher, and um, every day I watched it at my grandparents' house. And then I think in kindergarten, my teacher showed it to us every day. So I I loved that show. Um, but it is a very, very interesting, uh, documentary, uh, kind of fascinating to understand his outlook on, uh, on things and even how he saw his, um, his role as, with a sense of ministry. Uh, he was, now he, he had been ordained in the, uh, PCUSA, uh, Presbyterian Church. Uh, so, uh, you know, so obviously there are some things that just outlooks very different, uh, but it was interesting how he saw it as a real calling. Uh, I think that you uh, should take Beth. I think she would be very fascinated at some of the uh, just the the thinking he had about children and about hmm. uh, how to work with children, how to approach children. Um, very just it, but it was just very well done. So yeah, I've heard nothing uh, but rave reviews about it. Everybody that's yeah. seen it has just absolutely raved about it. Yeah, so, so I got a I got a chance to uh, to catch that this week. Really enjoyed it, 
if it is in your city, uh, I would recommend it. It does seem to be because here in the Triangle, it started out and it was only at one theater, kind of a yeah. It's you know, picked more up some the, steam, seriously. Yeah, more yeah. of an art house type theater. And then when I got back from our trip, uh, I wanted to go see it, and when I pulled it up, it was at like six or seven theaters all across the Triangle. So it was a lot easier for me to get to. Um, and so if you if you check and look around you, there's a chance it might be there. Yeah. So yeah, go check that out. It it should be like you said in a theater near you because I know it's it's kind of been the the surprise hit of the summer at the box office. So. Right. You don't see documentaries no. popping up in a lot of mainstream theaters, but if, if you if you have a really good one, it will. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, Amy. Uh, we've uh, kind of back in out of the the vacation rut, I guess. Uh, the the strange week that we had this week. Uh, things will kind of be back to normal next week. I know you guys are getting ready for. Uh, seminary starting probably in about what you got convocation in about a month. Is that about right? We we do, but I do want to go ahead and give warning that it will be back to normal next week. But then the following week could be a little off again. Oh, that's uh, right. Because I'll be coming to you from Japan. So, man, um, we have really got to figure that out. I don't know how we're going to do that. Just the time I, change yeah. and everything. Yes. So I may have to we'll, get a substitute we'll, that week, Amy. That may be the easiest well, thing to do. I think we said I we could go ahead and record like the. The history moment and the resources, and we could talk through a few things, but we'll have to see in talking through the news. It'll depend on how big of a news week it is. I've got Wi-Fi there. You know what's going to happen? So we're, we'll, we're, we'll you're going to go out. to Japan, and like we're going to have all kind of news. I know. Because that's what I happens. I would love to make it work out, and when we get there, I'll have like a week to kind of figure out okay. if there's a way to do it um, and what kind of access I have, what kind of connection. Because I would love, we're, because we're going to be there with a group of students. We're going to be connecting with IMB missionaries. And so I'd love to, uh, to, to just share a little bit of that yeah. uh, while, you know, while we're there. But All we'll right. see. All right. Well, that'll do it for us this week. And we'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.